but it doesn't say we're not provoked. We better be provoked about certain things, but our behavior in that provocation is what matters, right? We are not to become angry and to sin. We are to be angry and sin not, Ephesians 4.26. Love does not dwell or think on evil. Love forgives when the person is penitent. We see the characteristics of love can also be defined by its priorities, patience, purpose, priorities. Those are the characteristics. Love never rejoices in iniquity. Instead, it rejoices in the truth. Love is not happy when bad things happen in this world. Even when it happens to someone that is unlovable. You read the news and you see people behaving in such a way and it just grates on me. I can't stand it. I just, I just have to ignore that stuff a lot of the time. And then something happens to those people and boy, we better fight off that urge to say, man, I am so glad that happened. They had that coming. They are so deserving of that. Now I'm not talking about people receiving justice. You go burn a building down, you get arrested, you get put in jail. I am happy that happened. But you have this group of people that do things like that and then someone comes along with a gun and he mows down most of them. Listen, that's not justice, brethren. Most of the world would say, boy, they had that coming. And I have a real problem with that myself. But we have to fight against that. We can't have that attitude. We want justice in this life. We want justice. We do not want revenge. We do not want vengeance. Guess who takes care of that? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He'll handle it. He'll handle it. And He'll handle it a whole lot better than we can. So we have to be careful. But those are the priorities. Number, number uh, Verse 7 says, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. You know what that is? That's an everlasting love. That's an eternal love. See, that's an action that keeps on happening. We never come to the point where we say, well, that's it. I'm no longer going to love that person. Listen, we have to be able to separate the emotion that is attached to some forms of love from love itself. You have love for family, you have love for friends, and you have the love we're talking about here, the highest form of love, agape love. That's an intellect, excuse me, an intellectual love. That's not emotional. There's no emotion involved there. When God saved the world, even though they were ungodly, did He appreciate them murdering His Son? Did He have emotion toward that action? Absolutely, but he separated that emotion from the action of love and he gave us an opportunity to be saved. We have to, to, to digest that. We have to understand that. We have to put that to use in, in, uh, in our lives. That's what we have to do. The word bear comes from a word that means a roof or a covering. Love will cover the wrongs of others if they choose to change. That's what that tells us. James said, Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of things. Love endures through all things. It perseveres. It never quits. That doesn't mean situations don't change. 
but love always continues. Brethren, love is a verb, it is not a noun. Love is an action, it is not an emotion. It has emotion attached to certain forms of love. We have brotherly love for one another, and we have an emotion attached to that. We have stergo uh, family love for our families, and we have an emotion attached to that. But we're to have agape love for all people, and there is no emotion attached to that. And we need to understand that. Paul made the case for love. He identified the characteristics of love. And finally, he demonstrated how love would continue. That's our third and our final point. In essence, he said love is permanent. It is permanent. He told the Corinthians the spiritual gifts will go away, but love's going to remain. He said the gifts were necessary during the the establishment of the church, but love even then was more necessary, right? And what were the gifts based? Based in love. They were based in agape love. God gave the ability to people to spread the gospel. They didn't have it written down like we had it. They had to have the gift of prophecy, of knowledge, of faith. They had to have all those things, even tongues and the interpretation of tongues. They had to have all those things, but love was most important. You know, Jonah's journey was as much a benefit for him as it was to Nineveh because he had to learn some things about love, didn't he? He hated. He wanted those people to be destroyed. You remember when he came out of the the belly of the giant fish, and we talked a little bit about that this morning. He went up on a hill. He sat down to watch the fireworks. Yet 40 days, and then of us shall be overthrown. And then when it didn't happen, he became so mad that he almost, in conjunction with the heat, because his gourd was killed, he had a heat stroke. He had a heat stroke. He was so angry, he could not stand it. And so he had to learn a few things about love. Love is what matters most. It is permanent and it is perfect, right? Uh, that's what makes it permanent. Paul said, And now by the faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Faith and hope are not going to last. Faith and hope have, a, have an end to them, right? Notice what faith is, Hebrews 11, 1. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Brethren, when we get to heaven, we will see with our own eyes the evidence. Now, we know the evidence and we see the evidence, but we can't see it with our own eyes. We walk by faith, not by sight. We can't touch God. We can't touch the doors of heaven. We can't touch the the street of gold running down the middle with the river on either side lined with trees of life. Of course, we know that's not literal. That's why we can't touch it but we know it's there. That's what makes it perfect. Hope is not a leap in the dark. It is the reasonable expectation of something, and when we get to heaven, we'll have it. But guess what will be there? Love. Love is an action. Even in eternity, it is an action. What are the faithful going to be doing? Surrounding the throne of God, singing praises to Him. What's God going to be doing? Taking care of our every need. It's an action. It's perfect because of all the things it does. It thinks of others when it would be easier to think of self. It performs godly acts of kindness when it would rather not. It is perfect because we choose to do it intellectually. There is no emotion attached to that love. It is just love. Love is that which is eternal. And when properly defined and understood, love is the way of Christ. We need love. Love is eternal. We want to be eternal. 
we want to live eternally in heaven? We're all eternal. But do we want to live eternally in heaven? We have to have eternal love now and then or we won't get there. Fortunately for us, Paul left us with the means by which we can measure ourselves and we can determine, am I being faithful? Do I love the ways in which God has asked me to? Now, we're not always going to measure up. We're not always going to measure up. But we always must be improving. That's what God expects. But as we improve, our commitment to love will improve. And it will continue. You know where that begins? Let's go all the way back to the introduction. How do we, how do we show our love to God for what He's done for us? In our actions. We talked about how to become a Christian. We talked about that maintaining faithfulness through action. That's what God expects. Sometimes we don't measure up. Sometimes we have to come back to God in repentance and confession. Sometimes that has to be done publicly. But the Christian has to always recognize his sin, confess that sin to God, and ask God to forgive him. If you have need to answer the Lord's invitation this morning, do that as we stand and as we sing.